Welcome to the Christ Connection Podcast. We are here to help and encourage you to enjoy your adventure with Jesus. I'm your host, Kevin Senapati-Ratna. Let the journey begin. Hello and welcome to episode number 26 of the Christ Connection Podcast. My name is Kevin Senapati-Ratna and I'm glad you're joining me today for a little time for you to invest in your relationship with God as you listen to our conversations that we have uh, that were, are designed to just help you move along in your relationship with Him. Uh, this episode is no exception. We have Kim Walker-Smith of Jesus Culture, and uh, you may, if you have not heard of her yet, uh, you probably have sung her songs if you've ever been in any uh, sort of church setting uh, around today, because her and Jesus Culture are creating uh, some of the great songs of the church that we are singing and worshiping God to. But today we talk to her about her new book that just came out uh, called Brave Surrender, and it tells the amazing story of the pain and the trauma that she experienced as a child and the difficulty that she went through. Uh, as I read it, it was just like, wow, this is just a crazy story. Uh, and, uh, and she comes out of that, uh, barely by God's grace comes out of that, but uh, as she comes out of that, uh, the process of healing that she goes through and it, uh, she trusts God. And, and that's what we get into today, talking about uh, how we can trust God and grow in his taking us on the journey that we need to go on to experience all that he has for us, that he will draw us in there if we will listen, if we will take time to uh, build that relationship with God and just grow in in his presence. And as we do that, he'll do the work in us that needs to be done uh, to find healing and wholeness that we can not only find wholeness for ourselves, but uh, to touch the people around us. And uh, I think Kim does a great job of kind of giving us that, that true and that power that we can experience as we go after God and allow him to do the work in us that he needs. So without further ado, my conversation with Kim Walker-Smith. All right, Kim Walker-Smith, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's so fun uh, to have you on the show and uh, talk about your new book, Brave Surrender. Uh, (laughs) I got to tell you, when I was reading it, I kept coming out uh, and telling my wife, you know, reading in a different room, I come out and say, "You can't believe what happened next. This this lady just <laughs> went through it. This is so." I, I, I'm like, I, it's hard to believe it's even true. The stuff that you <laughs> you went through, I, with all the uh, the difficulty with your uh, your stepdad's, uh, mm-hmm. it was like a, I was like reading a fiction book almost. Just uh, it's hard <laughs> hard to believe. Uh, a lot of stuff, <laughs> but it, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, but thank you for writing it. It was it was it was great, uh, great and well written. Um, thank you. Uh, just jumping right in the deep end here, if that's okay with you. Yeah, yeah, that's really fine. <laughs> uh, you, yeah. you you said in an interview that uh, you wrote the book in part because vulnerability brings freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so just right off the bat, uh, any advice for people when it I mean, because it's a very vulnerable book. Uh, yeah. uh, any advice for people who are uh, know there's pain on the inside and tr- trying to find that freedom uh, with vulnerability? Yeah. You know, so I, I've learned this really in two different ways. One is 
um, just do my own journey of inner healing, which I, I detail in the the book, but just the, the process of trusting God, surrendering to him, it, it does require a lot of vulnerability because basically you're pulling back the curtain and exposing the, the places in your heart that are hurting the places in your heart that are angry or confused or the places in your heart that maybe you want to, uh, you know, keep control of and not really, you know, surrender to Jesus, you know, and, um, that, that kind of vulnerability, um, I've learned, first of all, the only way that we can actually get free from those things is if we do um, get vulnerable and allow Jesus into those places. Um, but I've learned that he doesn't leave us just to do it on our own, that he's there with us in that. And, you know, it's very similar to people who say, um, like, I've, I get a lot of young people that say, I want to grow in worship leading, but I'm scared. I'm scared of being on stage. You know, what do I do? How do I face that fear? And, you know, there is not actually a step-by-step process of how you, you know, beat fear. I wish there was. I really <laughs> wish there was like a step one, step two, step three. Here's how you do it. But really, the only way to get vulnerable, the only way to face the things that you don't really want to face is just to do it. You do it head on. You just jump out and do it. And the beautiful thing is that Jesus does meet us there. Um, the other way that I figured this out is through worship leading. As a worship leader... I think one of my kind of characteristics for who I am as a worship leader is being extremely vulnerable in my worship leading. So I'm just very um, open and honest about my relationship with Jesus in in the midst of my worship leading. And I think that that um, sets a precedence for um, freedom, because when you get around someone who is really vulnerable and honest, it creates a sense of safety and comfort and makes it feel like I, too, can be honest and vulnerable and it feel it just feels safe and so I, I've learned that with my worship leading that when I'm that way I think it helps kind of invite others into that as well so th- that's kind of what I've learned about that and why I, I I wrote the book with as much vulnerability as I could because I wanted to to show people yes be bold jump out and do it <laughs> well, well you definitely modeled uh, vulnerability with that uh, with the book there uh, yeah but at the same point you probably would recommend everyone write a book about their <laughs> or, or would you I don't know maybe I don't... well I I think there's there's power in our testimonies so I think we all have a testimony and we're all still kind of building our testimony, right? So we're all a work in progress. I don't know anyone who's figured it all out or is perfect, you know? And I don't think necessarily that everyone needs to write a book, but I do think that it's really powerful when you do share your story and what God has done in your life. Every story is really significant. I personally am someone who is very moved by hearing people's stories and it doesn't have to be <laughs> as dramatic as mine, you know, thank God, not everybody's had a, a story as dramatic as mine, you know, but I, I think it's just powerful to hear what God has done and what he's doing in people's lives. And, and it's, I think it's really beneficial to us as well when we open up and share that with others. Has, what has been kind of the, cause the book's been out for about a month now. Uh, yes. uh, how, how's the, how's been the response? I mean, cause it's one thing to, I, I've written a couple books when you write it and then when you let it out to the world, it's a whole, <laughs> whole different thing. Oh yeah. Uh, and I can't imagine with kind of this level of vulnerability, what's the response been 
uh, to that, even like with your people who know you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I have been terrified. <laughs> um, I mean, I felt like, you know, probably throwing up most days the last month, <laughs> um, just because it, it is so vulnerable. And, um, as far as like everyone close to me and all my closest friends, um, all, all, people close to me, all of this, they, they know these stories. They know this about my life. I, I share my life with people. I don't, um, keep things in the dark. So they, they've been just really great, uh, cheerleaders and, and friends to cheer me on in this and to say, yes, you can do this. This is powerful. This is wonderful. We're proud of you. Um, and then the response from people, um, I'm going to tell you something a little bit funny about who I, who I am as a creative, actually. Um, I, when I put like new music out there, I stay off of social media and I do not read any reviews. Um, I don't go look at charts, uh, on iTunes. I, I don't do any of that. I just, um, it's just so vulnerable and I, I don't want, uh, if people love it, I don't want it to go to my head <laughs> and if they hate it, I don't want it to break my heart. So I put something out there and then I, I don't check in. So the, the, the little bit that I have heard has been filtered, you know, coming through my husband um, who works at Jesus culture emails, um, comments coming in, people sharing how the book has impacted them. And then he'll come home and share it with me. And, um, and it's been really good. The response has been incredible. Um, a lot of, uh, it's encouraged me in my pursuit of freedom, people who are facing kind of similar battles and looking to get set free. And I think it's helped, um, give people a little boost of courage to, to run after their freedom as well. Um, that I would say that's probably been the biggest response I've heard is just in helping others, um, who have, have dealt with similar things to get free. Like, like I did. Hey. I, I just have to ask though since it's a unique way to deal with uh, putting something out in the world uh, is that yeah. uh, is that a permanent situation like do you eventually go out there or do you just anything out there you just leave it out there for the <laughs> I honestly just leave it out there so like I won't go I I have literally never looked at any reviews ever um, any reviews of our albums or anything so any any book reviews this to me this is no different I will not read any of those um, my my husband I'm sure my family does my family they know this about me and um, they will they'll read stuff but they just won't tell me they won't communicate and um, and if and if anyone anyone in my family reads something negative you know they'll get on there and be like hey <laughs> you know they're really protective. It's really funny. I just, social media is a scary place. And um, I didn't grow up in that. So I just kind of try to stay away from there. So when I, when I emerge back on social media, it's, you know, for all my normal stuff, whether it's posting a pic of one of my kids or talking about a conference coming up and I might interact with people on that. But when it comes to what I put out, I, no, yeah. no that, that, that's, pro <laughs> that's probably very healthy. I, I should probably take that philosophy. <laughs> um, so I, one of the things I loved about the book was when you were talking about your inner healing, it was uh, that process was uh, both the supernatural love of God, but then you also are very clear that there was, you know, counselors and things of that nature. And I yes. love that that mix uh, and how you communicate that any advice for someone 
who see, <clears throat> sees this area and they, they want to go into both of those, but not sure even how to begin? Yes. Um, so it, for anyone who is um, struggling with getting free, but also maybe feeling like I was feeling like there's also some other issues going on um, mentally, emotionally. Um, I, I, I do think that the church doesn't always talk about mental health quite enough. I think it's becoming more of a topic of conversation um, nowadays because more and more people are dealing with mental health issues. Um, but I do think we need to talk about it more. And I, and I think that those things go hand in hand. It doesn't have to be either or. It's not like weird science or God. Like it's, it, there, there is both. There are uh, really incredible counselors, therapists, psychologists who are also God-loving and God-fearing people who work with the wisdom of Holy Spirit. And um, I think for anyone who is interested in pursuing that, um, a really great place to start is with your your church or other local churches. Um, there's so, all over the country, there are so many um, places of inner healing and counseling, um, actual like uh, retreat centers you can go to where it's they do Christian therapy, Christian counseling. Um, there's at, at the church where Jesus Culture came out of, Bethel Church, there's a, a whole center for counseling there. And I know people come from all over the world um, to do counseling and inner healing there and work with the people there. So there, there are those everywhere. Sometimes you just got to talk to someone and just say, hey, do you know anyone? Have you talked to anybody? Um, that's always a really great place to start is just we have so many, uh, you know, nowadays with the power of the Internet, there's so many resources at our hand, at our disposal um, to look up and research and to also get feedback, look at reviews of places and find a really great counselor who who does um, work with Holy Spirit in that. Right. Yeah, we can look at the reviews. You just can't look at the reviews. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. And it seemed like as you were going through the story, and I don't know if that's just, I mean, you, I'm guessing you're trying to put us, you're helping us see the story, but it was, it's almost like an onion with layers uh, yes. coming back. Is that, would that be an accurate description of kind of how God was dealing with yes. you? Uh, yes. Was uh, each layer when you got to that, was it, how much of it was you initiating? Was it mostly, you know, Holy Spirit engaging you, saying it's time to go to the next thing? Or how, how did that process work for you? So the majority of the time, the process was uh, me kind of running into something in life, like a situation, you know, whether it was somebody hurt me or... I, I kind of came across an obstacle in my path, whatever it was, um, that, that triggered a response in me that I could recognize this is not really a healthy response to whatever it is that I, is triggering me right now. And I feel like I have faced this before and why am I facing this again? And, um, you know, I think that when I first started my journey of inner healing, 
I think that I really thought that forgiveness is like a one-time thing. Like you forgive and that's it. And suddenly it's over and done with and you move on. And, you know, there could be times and instances where that is the case. But I really think that the majority of the time, um, especially when there's been something really traumatic or like really painful, um, those wounds can go really deep. And we, we deal with the forgiveness in layers. So it's like I would forgive someone. But then here I am like a year later and something would happen and it would trigger something inside of me and I'd have to go back and forgive again and kind of like like re restake that claim of I, I am forgiving this person. I am letting them go. And um, I, I really I, I think I mentioned this in the book. A really great example of this was, um, you know, I had. I had gone through counseling and inner healing. I had forgiven the men who had, who had abused me as a child. And um, I had been, I was an adult for many years. I was married. And then I had children. And the moment I became a mother and had this sudden you know, new understanding of what it's like to have children that are mine and to have this incredible sense of responsibility to protect them and to love them and take care of them, suddenly this whole new layer was exposed of like, you were a kid. Why weren't the adults protecting you? Why, you know, it's just this whole, I, I never had the, it was just like a different perception, you know? And um, so I think, I think that it, it, it's, a, I think it is the Holy Spirit exposing those layers, but it's kind of in, conjun in conjunction with our life. And as we just keep living it, you know what I mean? <laughs> that that stuff gets exposed. And then Holy Spirit in his kindness is like, hey, <laughs> look, I'm showing you something. Let's deal with this. Well, that's probably good because then we don't have to feel the pressure of pulling that next layer till it's time. Yes. Uh. Yeah, I think we can trust God with that. I don't think that everything... It's a lot of it's a lot of work. So I don't think that God expects us to do it all at once, you know? I think he's just gracious and his word is true that he he's not going to give us more than we can handle. That he's if we will allow him, he will lead us through the process and his timing is perfect. So I think that he kind of helps bring exposure to to things at the right time when we're ready to to face it and can and can do it in a healthy way. Well, and one of the things I uh, I loved uh, your quote you said he speaks my language uh, and he, uh, you know he knows how to communicate with me uh, another place you said uh, it, it was also profound to realize that God is not obligated to love me the way I think he should mm -hmm. uh, he loves me in the way I need it most which is some times uh, in a way I don't see uh, so kind of tying in with that uh, is was there since I mean I love that idea. <laughs> I, I mean that because all the countries of the world, God speaks that language, but it's even more personal than that. It's He loves, He can communicate with me. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, we all we all have these incredibly unique personalities. Uh, the way that we're created, you know, you might find something hilarious that I would just scratch my head and say, "Why is that funny?" You know, or we we have these really unique personalities that make up who we are and the way that our our brains work. And I think that that was, it was like shocking to me to realize that God, I think I thought in my head that like, 
God just speaks one, one way, like he's just God and he just does things this one way and we all have to figure it out. But to realize that he speaks my language, he speaks in a way that is unique to me. He speaks in a way that makes sense to my brain and the way that he wired me. He speaks in a way that, um, you know, saying things that would make me laugh that, you know, other people may not get like the inside jokes. Like when you have such a close intimacy with someone, you know, your spouse, your best friend, a childhood friend, there's these kind of inside jokes and stories, you know, that you have. And it's, it kind of felt similar to that, that Jesus speaks my language. He, 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 he connects with me in a way that's special between the two of us. Um, and then the other part of that about God loving me, the way that I need to be loved, (laughs) uh, you know, I, that was a, a, a me like having to relinquish some control there because I kind of felt like I wanted God to love me on my terms and in my way. And, um, you know, you, you have a child and you, you understand as a parent, uh, you know, discipline is a really great form of this. I discipline my child because I love them and I want them to be decent human beings, you know? And, um, my child does not really, uh, uh get excited about that when I need to discipline them. Um, but it, it's because of how much I love them and I'm loving them in the way that they need in that moment. And that was something that really impacted me. What I figured out with God, you know, that he's loving me in the way that I need. And I don't always see that. Well, with that though, if I, part of that, uh, I, it's just a matter of trusting God that he's going yes. to, uh, uh, any advice though, on people who want to grow in, that learning God speaking to them because uh, you've obviously gone through that process. Any uh, things that, you know, again, we just trust at a certain level, but at the, yeah. there's in any relationship, there's two parts to it. So what part can we play in growing in our understanding of God speaking to us? You know what? This is, this is where I think um, the, you know, Jesus many times said to come like a child and this is where we can kind of put that childlike faith to test. Um, I I figured out and learned and grew my trust with Jesus through really simple prayers. And I, I told this story in my book. Um, and it's it's to me it is such a weird and funny story, but um, it was it was such a good experience for me in learning. I actually do hear. Jesus, that he, he is speaking and he is speaking to me and I can hear him. Um, but I, I lived in an apartment on my own. I did not have a cell phone and I had one landline, one phone that this is how I called out and communicated with the world. And, um, my phone got broken. I don't know how or what happened to it, but it it did not work. And, um, I, I had paid my bill, so it wasn't, you know, that the, the phone had been disconnected. Um, but the actual phone itself was not working. And um, I was so distraught about this because I didn't have any other way of communicating. And I did not have any money to buy a new phone. And, I'm, you know, I'm a broke student. <laughs> I have no money. <laughs> and I, I just prayed and I asked Jesus to help me with this. And Jesus showed me a picture of the inside of my phone and showed me a penny being slid into a certain spot in the phone. And I thought, this is so weird. Am I making this up in my head? And we do. Oftentimes, we feel like maybe the Lord is speaking to us and we go, I don't know. Is that just me? Is that just my voice? Is that, you know? 
And I just decided just to trust it. I, I, I unscrew the back of the phone. I see the, you know, the wires and the things. And I take the penny and I just slide it in right where I'd seen it, put everything back on. And the phone works. Why did the phone work? I don't know. Why was it suddenly it and it worked until, you know, I decided not to have the phone anymore. But it it's the craziest thing to me. But in that moment, I, w- it, I wasn't as excited about the phone as I was that I heard him and he spoke to me and I realized I could trust his voice. And so people who want to grow in hearing God's voice and in trusting that, I think you have to do simple things like that. I think you have to bring him into the everyday. I think you need to just start praying and just asking Jesus, inviting him into when there's problems, when there's questions, when there's simple things that you need answers for. Just ask him. Or even um, in a school of ministry, we used to um, practice praying and asking God, you know, I'm at the store. I see this person over there. God, give me a word for this person. And, you know, pray, you get something, go and ask them, hey, I, I I, just felt like Jesus said to come and pray for you and that maybe you're a student and you're struggling with something. And, and they might go, no. And they go, okay, well, can I pray for you anyway? And maybe sometimes you're wrong, but maybe sometimes you heard right. And they'll go, yeah, that's crazy. How did you know I had a sick grandma? Well, Jesus told me, can I pray for your sick grandma? Simple ways to just work, you know, work out that trust, step out there. I love that because we we sometimes make it more complicated uh, than it needs to be, yes. uh, yeah. and there's and if you're if you're humble about it, uh, you you're gonna you know right. you you can make mistakes. People aren't gonna shoot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, and once you've been told no once, you kind of get over it. It's not a big deal. Like, I mean, just try try it out. And go okay. Well, I think this is what Jesus said. Does this sound familiar to you? They might say. No. Okay. Well, I heard wrong. I'll try again next time. You know, you just keep working it out. That's the that's the fun of following Holy Spirit, I guess. Is mm-hmm. that we? Right. Yeah. And I think sometimes He does mess with us a little, just to to keep us on the, on yeah. the, on the yeah. humble journey there. <laughs> uh, one of the things that you talk about, uh, you didn't go in depth with it, but uh, you talk about there was a season at least where you were journaling. Uh, and uh, in a previous episode of the show, we had a mutual friend, uh, Mark Allen Schoolmeister on, and he, he was talking about his journaling process. And uh, it's just a curiosity for me. Is is it for you journaling? Is that something you only do in seasons of time? And if uh, if it's kind of a ongoing thing, is there kind of a process for you? Or is there just write whatever comes to your mind? Uh, I would say up until I had kids, it was every day. It was all the time. Uh, kids changed that for me because, you know, they turn my world upside down. And they suck all my time up most of the time. Um, and now it's it's a little bit more seasonal um, and just kind of as I feel it, as I need it. Um, I started off journaling by, it's kind of funny, I made what I called my identity journal. And this is how I I got started journaling. I I drew an outline of a person and inside the outline, I wrote all of the things that I 
wanted to be that I didn't feel that I was. So I wrote the word brave. I wrote the word smart. I wrote, I wrote all these things that I just didn't, couldn't say I boldly, I am this. And, um, as I began my, my healing process and my healing journey with the Lord, I, whenever the Lord would speak something to me about who I am, I would write it down and I would write the date and I would say, on this date, Jesus said that I'm bold and this is how I feel about it. And, and then I'd kind of color in over the word boldness, like check, got that. I believe that now I feel that, you know, and, um, I, it became really essential actually in, in just helping me with my identity because anytime the enemy would come and try to speak lies over me, you know, and I'd start going inside my head and feeling insecure, beating myself up, the thoughts, the bad thoughts that I had about myself, I could go back and I could open that journal and I had actual dates written down that I could say, nope, on this, you're wrong. On this date, this is what Jesus said. And and that felt, that was such a powerful tool for me. And um, from there, it just kind of grew into um, just journaling all of my, my thoughts, my prayers, my frustrations. Um, I, when I got, ang- oh, when I got angry about something, uh, I would journal about that. Um, and now I would say, journaling is this it's more like I said just seasons of me just uh trying to get out what's inside my head and 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 processing you know so processing things that I'm feeling and thinking all right so now when you go back I mean do you go back to those or once you processed it it's kind of uh I'm I'm terrible at journaling. That's part of why I'm asking because yeah. I I yeah. need all the help I can get. But uh, yeah. is it uh, is it something you just put it on the sh- shelf? I mean, those identity ones you went sounds like you go back to when you need to. Yes. But uh, yeah. just you know, say you sat down today and uh, we're processing you know this terrible interview or whatever. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> uh, you uh, would you then ever go back to that or is that just kind of. Occasionally have, okay. but you know, the only ones I really would go back to more consistently is like my identity journals, but all the rest, I, I would say the only time I've really gone back to them is if I'm looking for something specific, like, um, if I suddenly, um, like it, if God answers a prayer and I go, when did I first start praying for this? And I'll go back and I'll start reading, you know, that journal and and going oh my gosh I started praying for this you know all these years ago God has finally answered that and um and sometimes it's it's encouraging to see like how far you've come you know but I'm I'm really I I don't go back to them a ton it it just kind of depends on on what I'm thinking about or what I'm wanting to process or if I'm looking for something specific um I'm I'm very much a kind of get something out and keep moving kind of person, you know, right. my kids might enjoy someday looking at those. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Oh man, here's what mom was really thinking. <laughs> Wait, especially the parts about them. Is that the, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, so you might have to burn certain ones at certain points. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know that I want to know what my mother was thinking about me. At certain... <laughs> All right. But, but it sounds like for you, uh, there was 
there were points that it had per i mean it, uh, it had specific purposes but then other times it's a process and then let it go and keep moving forward yeah okay. yeah yeah i i am very much like um i kind of just go back when i feel the lord leading me into that otherwise i'm pretty much a like constant moving forward kind of person um and i do feel like there are times the lord says stop we're stopping right now we're stopping and we're going to be in this moment we're going to process we're not moving on we're staying right here and i'll obey sometimes reluctantly but i'll obey and the only time i'm really like going back or looking at things back behind me is when it feels necessary to moving forward that makes sense. Yeah. So, hey, this isn't in my questions, but uh, since you just wrote a book all about your past, is yeah. is that is that hard then for you as a person who uh, likes to move forward? Like, okay, now I'm going back for this whole season. It it was a little bit challenging to kind of put it all out there, like to kind of you know get it all down and, and make sure that everything was sequential and and that it was all the stories were connecting because in my brain, it's a little bit all over the place. You know what I mean? So trying to get it, I guess, organized thought process was challenging, but the book itself actually felt like part of moving forward to me because this felt like something that had been in my heart for a long time to do. And so it kind of felt like this is, um, th this is part of my moving forward, part of my dreams, part of my, my legacy like it it didn't feel like necessarily going backwards as much as it did i'm birthing something new even though it is telling the stories from the past no that may Does that make sense oh i absolutely that makes okay. perfect sense i i just i didn't know if that would uh, as a person who likes to move forward if the, this yeah. would feel <laughs> feel weird to <laughs> go yeah because uh, yeah. i i'm guessing you'll be you'll be talking about this book for uh, for a while now <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, although maybe hey, he'll just crank out a couple more books and then uh, it'll be there. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, I don't know about that. I'm not really thinking about that right now, but who knows? <laughs> hey, so, hey, well, so, some people, when they get done writing a book, they're like, okay, that's that, that was fun. I'll never do that again. But <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I'd love to write a, a book um, for worship leaders and worship teams, you know, about worship. I have a ton I could say about that. And I think that would be fun, um, mainly because there's not really a ton of books out there that are like a good resource for worship leaders or worship teams. Um, I have people ask me all the time, do you have any that you recommend? I'm always like, well, I mean, there's there really isn't a ton out there. So I would love to do something like that. But I'm not in a rush. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that, it was a big deal just birthing out one book, so we'll see. <laughs> well, it's a, I, from what I understand, it's like having multiple kids. You you can enjoy the one yes. and then just yes. uh, wait, wait yeah. till it's time for the next. <laughs> yeah. and, and I only have one, so you can see where. I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one may one is plenty for me. No. <laughs> uh, so uh, a few more before we start uh, winding uh, down, uh, shifting to the worship side of things. Uh, one of the themes of this show and this uh, uh, my ministry is engaging people in prayer, uh, which prayer and worship so overlap. Uh, if yeah. it 
if you were encouraged the average person, not a worship leader, but the average person uh, who is coming into a church service for worship, uh, any because uh, as a worship leader, I'm guessing you know those first couple songs or whatever you're you're moving them into that's part of your uh, assignment. Uh, any advice mm-hmm. for someone walking into a service? so that they don't have to wait three songs in or whatever to encounter the presence of God. Does that make sense? Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Um, okay. So this is what I would say. Oftentimes we have to kind of change our, our perception about our congregational worship because oftentimes what's happening is, um, and we kind of do this without even thinking about it, our, our worship, our, our times together, like a Sunday morning is kind of set up like the worship team usually starts with kind of some like upbeat kind of praise songs. And it's like they're saying, OK, everyone kind of come in, get, you know, get your coffees, come in. We're, we're getting ready to worship. We're getting, you know, focus, focus a little bit. Then we kind of transition to this like mid tempo. And then it's like, OK, we're going to we're getting ready to go a little bit deeper into God's presence. We're going to really pay attention now. And then we transition to our more worshipful songs and then that's like the okay hopefully we're here we're in his presence we're encountering him hopefully this is a moment where something's happening and then you know depending on your pastor you'll end with a woo praise song or a thank you jesus kind of (laughs) prayer moment and and then the pastor speaks and then you know everyone goes out to lunch and then they fall asleep watching golf or football at their sunday afternoon nap you know like that is most people sunday and um what we kind of do is that we, we have this moment in church and we, we feel like we got connected to Jesus. And then we go back to work on Monday and we kind of go through our week and our life. And somewhere in that week, we, we lose that connection. We lose, you know, whether it's stress or um, a fight with our spouse or, a, you know, whatever it is. And when we come back on Sunday, we're kind of like, okay, worship team, get me connected again. Okay, pastor, get me connected again. So I think if you want to come in and have a moment with Jesus, like right away, we have to have this perception of it is our responsibility to fight for that connection throughout the week. We don't want to lose that. And, and when we have that connection, my husband describes it like, if you were to imagine that the presence of God is just within this doorway, uh, we want to stand right in that doorway where it's just the, the slightest whisper and he has our full attention. But the moment we start allowing, you know, stress, job, bills, kids, spouse, whatever it is in between. Now there's all this stuff in between us and that doorway and he might be whispering, but we maybe don't hear, or now we've got to, remove all of those distractions to get connected again and feel connected again. So learning to maneuver through our week, feeling that I have not lost that connection. I have fought for that connection. I am keeping him present and in his presence with him um, throughout my week, throughout my day. So that when I come on Sunday morning, I don't actually need any song to get me excited about being with him. I don't need the band to do anything specific. I don't need the pastor. Like I am, I am ready to encounter him. I am ready to be in his presence. I'm ready to have a moment with Jesus, uh, you know, un, un, uninterrupted, no distractions. 
um, because I've gone through that week fighting to maintain that connection. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So, so that's what I would encourage people with, you know, if they want to come in and feel like they can just like instantly go there, that's how you do it. It starts, you know, through your week fighting for that connection. Well, it's like, uh, like with my wife, if I, I spent all week not talking to her and then show up on Sunday and want to talk to her, it's not going to go well. Right. <clears throat> right. It's going exactly. to take, it's going to take a while to get past that initial yes. uh, conversation. Uh, yeah. Uh, in this, because there's seasons of life. I mean, you talked about journaling as a uh, not as much of a se- in this season of life. Uh, and I mean, having young kids changes uh, the dynamics of things. Uh, ha- any advice for people who are trying to keep that connection, uh, yeah. but the seasons of life is making it more challenging? Any advice to uh, just yeah. that practical side of uh, walking with Jesus? Yeah. So, okay. So for parents like me who have really young children, so my kids are all five and under and they are, you know, they have no grid for, if you say I need some space, (laughs) they're like, what is that? You know, I literally had my son say, I said, mama needs some space right now. And he goes, what space? (laughs) Um, But they don't, you know, they have no grid for that. So as a parent, a busy parent, you're, you're, your moment alone, like maybe you don't have the luxury of, I'm going to go take an hour and just pray and read my Bible and spend time with Jesus. Maybe you've got 15 minutes while you're doing the dishes or, you know, another three minutes while you run to the bathroom, whatever it is. I have decided, you know, God does not exist within time like I do. So he is not um, restrained to time like I am. So God can do whatever he wants in two minutes or two days, God can show up and do something powerful, just at the snap of a finger so quick. And if all you have in that crazy day is five minutes, well, give that to him. And it's as simple as just acknowledging him. Um, maybe you have a, a, a nine to five job, you're at an office, you're sitting at a desk all day. If you just stop for a moment and just say, hello, Holy Spirit. Just take a moment to acknowledge that he's there with you, that his presence is inside you. God does not live within the walls of a church. He lives inside of us. He's with us. He's all around us. And if we um, just take a moment to just push out distraction and put our attention on him and just recognize that he's there, you know, whether it's if you're a visual person, visualize him sitting next to you. I, I'm a real visual person. And sometimes I have to like imagine what would it be like if Jesus was sitting right next to me? And sometimes just imagining that, seeing that in my head helps me to just get to that place of feeling like, yes, he is there. Um, it cha- The whole atmosphere changes. The whole atmosphere around you just changes the moment you acknowledge his presence. And so I think that's, that's a really simple way to start is just by taking a moment just to say hello and to acknowledge that he's there with you and watch what happens. And then also... To, to remember that, yeah, there, there are days and there are seasons where you don't have hours to, to give, but you give what you can, and he will meet you there in that place, and he's really faithful to that. Well, that's uh, <clears throat> that's so good, because uh, in those five minutes, <clears throat> God can do in a moment what would take us a lifetime. Uh, is when I, yeah. Uh, 
and as we're as we're wrapping up i i was gonna go another way but i just i, I mean that's just an acknowledgement that even someone listening to this right now the presence of god can touch them in this moment in this instant yeah. um uh, and maybe I, I always like to end with asking people where they can find the uh, book and but before that can I, i'll just lead out but uh, can we just pray for that listener who's uh, yeah uh, lord i pray for that person right now who's listening and who maybe feel far from the presence of god mm-hmm. uh, that they would feel drawn into you uh, drawn into your presence, drawn into you and all that you are, that you are there right uh, even in in their earbuds at this moment. So uh, that we would mm-hmm. know you at a new level. Like, like Paul says, I want to know Christ uh, more than anything else. So, Lord, that would be our passion. So meet with them now, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Hey. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, even in this moment, to draw us into, <laughs> draw, in a, you, you know, you're known for being up on the stage, but even in uh, just sitting across, drawing people into the presence of God. Yeah, it's it's, it's yeah, been fun. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> uh, where, uh, I'd like to, you know, where would you like to send people? Where uh, Brave Surrender is the name of the book. Where uh, are you sending them to a particular place? Any final yeah, ask? I mean, the the book is everywhere. People can get it on Amazon or JesusCulture.com. Um, also, if they, you know, if you are someone who likes to listen to the book, it is on all the places, Audible, you know, where you get your uh, digital uh books <laughs> or voice <laughs> i don't even what to call it voice books what do people uh, call audio books audio there we go there we go see new author <laughs> i don't know the lingo audio books i actually i i i voiced that i read cool. it. i yeah. i read the book so um everyone was asking about people would ask you know i i like to listen to the audio book but is it you or is it going to be someone else <laughs> That's like it's me. So. <laughs> well, that's yeah. cool, uh, and we'll we'll put all the links in the show notes and uh, where people can find you in social. I guess is what you're all over uh, there. Yeah. Uh, any any other final ask uh, that you have of the audience? Uh, anything at all? It doesn't matter uh, that comes to your mind that you'd like to challenge them with. Or... Uh, no, no, I would just say, um, you know this this book. It's it's for uh, men and women. It's for anyone wanting to grow and get free and fall more in love with Jesus. That's really my my prayer with this with this book and in sharing my story was that it would help people uh, get more free and that it would also help people to recognize um, how much God loves them and to to feel that that love. So. Uh, yeah. Well, it was a it was a great book. I, I recommend uh, anyone uh, in any stage of their journey uh, to to read it. Uh, yeah, I know you. I don't. I I know you're not going to read the review, but I, I will give it a raving review. So. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, uh, but thanks for taking the time to be on the show today, Kim. Uh, it's, it's been Thank great. Thank you for having me. Thanks. Well, there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. It's the beginning of something new that God has for you. As we were talking about, there's just as we walk in that conversation with God, He leads us. He knows us. He 
He knows exactly what you're going through, and he can lead you, and he's trustworthy to be led uh, through to the next thing that he has for you. So just go on the journey with him. Go enjoy the adventure with him. That's what it's all about. The book, again, is Brave Surrender, so go check it out. If you're looking for the show notes for this episode, you can find them at enjoyingprayer.org and click on podcast. Again, that's enjoyingprayer.org. If you did enjoy the show, why don't you subscribe wherever you are listening to this? Uh, we create these to help you grow in your relationship with God. That's what it's all about. That's why we do it. That's why we exist. So you, when you subscribe, we just want to bring good resources into your whatever you're listening to uh, and wherever you're listening to it. So don't miss an episode. Uh, I th- thanks again for listening, and God bless you, and have a great day. Mm-hmm.